Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk. And today, we are one short of our normal size group. We are missing Casey. Fortunate. <laughs> Insert awkward moment of silence. Mo- moment of silence for a <laughs> fallen <laughs> comrade. <laughs> Say it was a moment of silence. You gotta get it right. <laughs> uh, in other words, we love you, Casey. We miss you. I think you would have been a great contributor to this conversation, but that's okay. We'll forgive you this time. <laughs> so we have Philip and Orion and Benny here with us today. Benny, you keep breaking it up. I can't actually hear you. <laughs> oh, that's strange. I don't know why. I say, like, I'll start to hear you say something, and then all of a sudden it cuts out, unless everyone else is completely quiet. I know. I blame Discord. Because yes. Discord is known for being finicky like that. Because yeah, I know. What the heck, Discord? I say, I'm pretty sure it's not you, Betty, because, well, honestly, we haven't had that issue in the past, so. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll make, we'll, we'll make it do. Today's, yes, today's topic is kind of a common topic for people who are. Uh, in the tech industry, especially if you're on the software side, uh, because we're going to be discussing operating systems and the positives and negatives of the operating systems. We're not so much here to decide which operating system is better than the other, because uh, I think we all can agree that every operating system has its pluses and minuses, depending on what your use or plan of use is for them. Um, But yeah, so we're going to discuss Windows we're going to discuss the Macintosh system, and we'll even throw in some Linux, although I know I'm not as familiar with Linux. I have some experience, but not a lot. Uh, and I think, Orion, you have some minor Linux experience. A little bit. So I think Linux, uh, Casey, might have been probably the better contributor for. Um, but like I said, not the end of the world. We'll work with it. So, all right, out of all of us, I think I'm really the only, like, mac user by choice uh because yeah. <laughs> yeah philip i know you use the macs at the church um that's the only time <laughs> yeah uh so i guess i'll end up having to talk more on the behalf of the mac side but windows computers guys what would you guys say is the best benefit about having the windows operating system as your main computer gaming yeah gaming really the only thing <laughs> yeah, honestly so like what about it makes gaming great everything is makes things easier pretty much everything gaming related is already compatible for the windows system whereas there's a lot less games that are compatible for a mac or a linux based system uh, mac is starting to become a bit more acquainted with everything it's starting to become a bit more balanced there but linux is significantly harder because linux is an open source operating system and so there's literally several different thousand versions of linux and so it's impossible to really code one thing that works for all versions of linux so that one's still kind of lagging behind unless you kind of know how to code that yourself i've been seeing more linux um capable games though on steam yeah, I feel like Linux has made a little bit of a leap uh, in popularity mm. only because I think people got sick and tired of the uh, limitations of the other operating systems. It's so they much rather would have something that they can fully control and customize. Now, granted, in order to do that, you have to learn different programming languages to do it. And actually, I know that Linux can be a common um, like platform for programmers to use on a regular basis um, because they do have that openness and freedom. Uh, depending on what they're working on for programming. You know, if it's not something that's really directly supported by Windows or Mac, then they want that customization. They want that freedom. Um, That and hackers. Hackers love Linux because it gives them so much control. It does. Yeah. Um, I know that when I have played around with the hacking capabilities, that Linux has definitely been the best uh, 
system. And I'm not saying that I've played around with hacking for like anything illegal, but more out of curiosity for like how the security works in software in different platforms. Um, especially because uh, when you do website design, if you're trying to create a secure website, you need to kind of understand like what you're facing. If you're programming the security yourself, if you're not using the third party security system. Yeah. I'd say that's the biggest thing is that with security, in order to defend against security, you have to know how to break the security. Yep. Which is why at the college that I went to, their, their um, security class used to be called ethical hacking. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, that's probably the best way that someone who wants to learn to do software security should learn is by be being a hacker. Uh because, like, you have to think like them. You have to know what they're seeing. You have to understand what they're seeing in order to know how to defend against it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, Windows are definitely, uh, I think, is a good operating system platform. I agree. It's great for gaming as far as the computer operating system platforms go. Mac definitely is not made for gaming, um, really. And even though it's starting to grow more in the industry, it, it's definitely not, like, a main platform source and then like we discussed linux isn't um really made for gaming either uh but like philip mentioned it's also becoming a little bit more popular as well uh i think personally that one of the best things about running a windows-based system is the customization when it comes to hardware options uh because mm -hmm. with the mac-based system yeah you can make a hackintosh uh, but the operating system itself does not support that. Like, if you build your own custom desktop system and decide to run a Mac operating system off it, you can never do updates from the Mac operating system software without doing a fresh install each time. And so that can be really frustrating because you're you're limited basically to whatever Apple provides you as far as hardware goes. Where with Windows, you can yeah. literally go and pick out every one of your pieces and parts and put it together for your own uh, system altogether. Yeah, I'd say there's a lot more hardware. Like you said, there's a lot more hardware customization when it comes to Windows. Uh, probably the biggest downside of Windows, though, is that because there's so much customization for it, it's much easier for software to break in that manner because there's not a guaranteed set of operators it has to work with. There might be some different variables it has to try and function and finagle its way around. Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem to keep its, like, stability... Um, which I think is actually one of the strong suits that the Mac has because of its limitations. It does tend to be more stable. It does tend to last longer, um, because it doesn't like burn out the hardware. It knows what its limitations are with everything. Yeah. Say with, with the Mac, since most of them are like, here, you get this box of stuff and that's what you get. It already knows exactly what processor it's working with. It knows exactly what graphics card, power supply ram etc it knows exactly what it's working with yeah. where windows windows has to look at the systems like what's my processor okay what do i have to work with on this and it might go okay i know what to do with this it might look at it and go i've never seen this before in my life air blue screen death right sounds like when i sign out of my email and <laughs> try to sign back in <laughs> <laughs> who are you who sent you <laughs> even though you've logged in from the same computer for like over a year and it's still like, oh, this is a third-party system. Are you sure you want to allow people to log in from this system? Absolutely. Like I always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you say there's just, for when it comes to a Windows system, there's definitely a lot more variables involved in both the software and the hardware side of everything because I think Windows is also better at supporting uh, third party third party accessories um, than a Mac computer is uh, a lot of hardware for Macs it has to be built with the Mac in mind so that it will be supported fully by the operating system where with Windows they just you know slap it all together it can have the ugliest looking UI ever but if Windows can understand it it works yeah so with that in mind I guess since I'm the one that has more of a Macintosh space. And so I'm one of those people, I think I'll always use both Windows and Mac uh, because they both have their benefits and their downsides. When it comes to Windows, like you guys said, gaming is definitely a big strong suit for it. Uh, also as a rendering system uh, for like graphic design, whether it's rendering yeah. 3D graphics, 2D graphics, whatever it is, it's definitely 
with having that hardware customization, you can have a stronger platform for rendering it. You can have a faster processing experience overall, where with Mac, again, you're limited to your hardware that your system came with. On the flip side of that, though, the software operates better on the Mac. It's more stable on the Mac side. Um, for our, most of my production stuff, I use the Adobe Master Suite, uh, which runs both on Windows and Macintosh systems. With a few exceptions, there's other softwares, like for Fits and Music, I might use uh, Apple's Logic Pro. Um, but for the most part, it's the Adobe software. And I know from my experience with using it on both operating systems, it has always run better and it run into less errors or your random crash shutdowns where on a Mac, because it has that stability, has that consistency, where on the Windows side, because it has to always be searching for its variables, has to always define everything, it crashes a lot more frequently. Um, yeah. So, like, I think that's definitely a benefit to the Macintosh side is just the stability in general, especially if you're um, having to do a lot of things quickly on a regular basis. If it's, if you're, you know, if your hardware can handle it, it makes sense to have that stability behind it. But if you need that flexibility of like the Windows system, it would make sense to go with Windows. Um, another thing about, I think about the Mac side is for basic day-to-day -day usage. And this is actually something I discussed with uh, my mom earlier today, or Ryan I's mom earlier today. Uh, she was telling me that she's planning on making a switch to a Mac system. Um, not like her phone or anything like she already actually give it time it'll be her phone eventually she already got an ipad now she's switching to a mac computer she'll get an iphone eventually um <laughs> she has a pixel phone and that's definitely good enough though that's true on the android side pixel is probably like the top end android phone out there now yeah you know i used to argue that the motorola droids were but unfortunately after the initial launch and after like the droid x2 which is the smartphone that i had um, as my first smartphone, I think the quality went down overall because, again, it's that whole variable thing. With Android, all companies can grab from it and make their own phones to deliver their own hardware platforms, where with the Apple side, it's just the iPhone exclusively. Mm. Um, and so I think that's why you have a hit or miss with Android um, is because you have, again, so many different variables. And you know, it, it's technology isn't a small world by any means. We have uh, definitely grown and expanded quite a bit. I'll say just in the last 20 years alone, technology has expanded significantly. Oh, yeah. And if you're someone like me, I mean, obviously you guys have lived through it too. But I remember like the beginning point of when technology really started to take that leap into the next generation of hardware. You know, back when I was a kid, I remember when mom had a cell phone that was the size of a freaking brick. Like, I remember that. I remember when we first got dial-up internet, um, and it was, like, the coolest freaking thing ever. Um, I remember Windows 95. Um, <laughs> you know, and so I, like, for my lifespan, I've watched it transition and change over the years. I've watched stuff go from one step to another, um, where I know you guys have seen that as well, but I think just because you guys are a little bit younger, maybe you didn't recognize it as much as I did. I could be completely wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I was almost, like, I just barely cut short. Like, just yeah. barely. I mean, I remember old stuff, but I don't... My parents never had a brick phone, but they did have, like, chunky cell phones. And... Same. For, really? for like, uh, computer use... I believe we did start out with 95, but I don't, could have been that or Vista. Oh, Vista. I know. How I know. we wish you didn't exist. <laughs> I know it was older. And it couldn't really do much on it. Like, all I could really do were just the little computer games that I had shoved in a drawer, take it out. Ooh, what's this one? Put it in, see what it's, see what's up. Right. I say, because wasn't Vista just before Windows 7? Correct. That's what I thought. Because I remember it was XP, Vista, 7. I think there was something between 7 and 10, but I don't even remember what it was. Eight. Because I think everyone <laughs> hated it. Well, okay, Philip. <laughs> I know they skipped numbers in there somewhere, so... <laughs> 
Yeah, they had Windows 8 for a month, and they <laughs> moved on to the next one. <laughs> uh, because it sucked. Oh my gosh. The horror stories. I never I never had 8, personally. I didn't. Mm-mm. I think I was I still go... on 7 and then skipped over to 10. I did go to somebody's house who did have 8, so I witnessed everything. <laughs> I'll say 8, eight was... Eight was garbage, to put it nicely. It was very short-lived because Microsoft realized that they seriously screwed up with eight. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I say definitely. like they they fixed a lot of its problems when they updated it to Windows eight point one, but just as almost like this tablet as your computer screen kind of thing just really didn't work for a desktop computer. Like mm-hmm. it worked all right if you had a Windows eight point one tablet, it wasn't horrible. But otherwise, as your desktop computer, it just it wasn't a good format and layout for it. No, not at all. Well, and then like you could get it into a desktop view, but you couldn't set it as like your permanent setup. It was always like a temporary solution. And... So you always had to swap back and forth between that and the app menu. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think that's when Apple started to see kind of a rise in their sales because people were like, "No, we're not putting up with this crap." And yeah. while while Apple is obviously a different operating system, it still has that desktop setup to it. Yeah, the SA, um, they have very, very similar... Oop, my chair popped open. Uh, very similar <laughs> uh, GUI designs. Like, they're very subtle differences. Like, uh, the Mac's control buttons are on the top left of your windows. The Windows control buttons are on the top right of your windows. Right. And, but otherwise, at their core design, they're very similar. Part of that is probably because they both, well, I, I, from what I've heard, I know it's been heard both ways as well, is that, that Apple bought the GUI system off of a young programmer, and then Microsoft stole it from them. Yeah, yeah, and Microsoft, or it's vice versa, depending on who you talk to. Yeah, yeah. Say the, the story I personally, goes both ways. I personally think it was Microsoft that stole it from Apple. Yeah. Just because... I don't remember. <laughs> no, I had okay. I was watching this. I was watching this video, and I came up with my own theory. It only vaguely talked about it, but he mentioned something that made me think, "Huh, that could be a very good reasoning." And I literally just forgot. It was something like, "Ah, oh, dang it!" The video I was watching was um, what was the first video game? Truly, and so they were talking like early computing systems and so it vaguely mentioned the apple microsoft sort of thing and then he says something about the computer afterwards and i don't remember what it was if i find that video i will mention next podcast there you go don't yeah i will try (laughs) i will try and hunt it down actually i might look it up right now (laughs) so yeah that's what i think (laughs) it was one of my classes i was had in college where we watched a movie that was based around the creation of Microsoft and Apple. And in that, it was represented that because Microsoft went and it was actually working under Apple, yeah. that they were stealing. It was um, uh, Gates stealing from him because he the whole reason he went to work under Apple is because they came out with the GUI system. And he's like, we need that technology. And so literally the whole reason they moved underneath Apple for a time being was so they could steal their technology. Weren't they weren't they in trouble because they couldn't they couldn't figure out their own for, formula? That's possible. Like you know, they it, did, it sounds they needed, they needed familiar. something. They needed like the uh I don't know what's the phrase, creme de la creme. They needed like their they're like, all right, there's we got all of this. Now we need this one thing. Ooh. The missing link. Yeah, like Yeah. I don't know. I'm slowly remembering. I say I've heard stories about it, you know, like I said, going both ways. Um, I think looking at Bill Gates versus Steve Jobs, though, I think Bill Gates was way more likely to have stolen it than Steve Jobs. Like I would agree, yeah. He would not like not to just be like mean and attacking them or anything, but out of the two, I'd say Bill Gates was more of a dick than Steve Jobs was. Like Steve Jobs was a dick, but I don't think as much as Bill Gates was. Yeah, I think the big difference between the two of them is like Steve Jobs did it with a purpose of providing a opportunity where for Bill Gates it was more about how can I make a buttload of money. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, like, Bill Gates was much more sneaky and snaky about how he did performed his business, where the aggression you would get from, like, Steve Jobs, especially in his younger years, that was straight up just, like, he wanted to get it done. He didn't care what the what happened. He wanted to move forward in the next bit of technology. He didn't care what it cost. And which is why he inevitably got kicked out of Apple, because nobody liked him, because he was humongous butthole. <laughs> like, he's just not a butthole. He's just a humongous butthole. <laughs> the biggest. Yeah. No, I'd say they, they, they definitely have always had competition between them, even when they were, you know, together. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, in a lot of ways, they helped each other grow, too, being that competition with each other. Because if they had stayed together, in all honesty, there'd probably be a monopoly on the computer market right now. Yeah, because IBM fell way behind them on everything. Because yeah. IBM, I want to say, initially had the opportunity to buy the GUI system. But they saw that there would be no purpose for a GUI system like that because they thought there would never be such thing as a personal home computer. They thought it was a, a dead idea, a dead market. There would never be an opportunity <laughs> with it. And then Apple's like, no, personal computers are going to be a thing. We're making them a thing. And then they made the first Apple home computer with the GUI system. I mean, it just skyrocketed, which is part of also why IBM is so on top of technologies today is because they, they made, missed a huge opportunity at the time and they don't want to make that mistake again. Well, one of their huge focuses nowadays is just on artificial intelligence, because that's kind of what we see as being the next big step in technology is relying like we already rely on artificial intelligence for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just think that we have, you know, Siri, Alexa, Google Home, and like we have all of these AI systems. But I think their focus is making it so that it in a lot of ways, it's like the whole iRobot situation where, you know, we literally are relying on robots to do everything for us. Yeah, I say most people don't realize that we truly already live in a world where almost every single computer piece has some form of artificial intelligence in it. Because artificial intelligence isn't necessarily just stuff like the Siri or the Alexa or the Google Assistant or whatever. The artificial intelligence is constantly running in all of these computers to make sure they keep running at their top performance. They're constantly adjusting processor speeds, fan speeds. That's all technically artificial intelligence because it's taking information in looking at it and it's making a decision based on what it's seeing that is exactly what's defined as artificial intelligence and so most people don't realize that like almost every single modern day te- piece of technology operates on a form of artificial intelligence it truly is what makes technology and computing what it is today oh yeah and that's why you know your social media platforms are able to send you specific ads or put specific ads in front of you is because the literally your phones your tablets your computers they are always listening to you. They're always watching what you're doing. Partially, like, I, I'm, okay, so there's that argument as to whether or not computers are capable of having, like, their own personalities, their own opinions, their own, I guess, emotions and all that. And that's, like, a whole nother conversation we could get into. But I totally go with that one. <laughs> but, you know, people don't realize that, you know, those systems are always listening, not so much to spy on us, but to collect the information that it needs in order to make the changes that it needs to make. Social media platforms and marketing platforms have taken advantage of that by collecting all of that same data that the computers are collecting in order to perform to switch it around and throw everything in our face to market their business, their service, you know, the next big thing. Um, They're abusing the technology of machine learning. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, that's a whole nother conversation we could go into and we haven't even touched base on Linux yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'll I'll make sure to write it down as possibly a future uh, topic because I think it would be a good thing to discuss because like there are a lot of theories as to what artificial intelligence is today versus what it could be in the future. All right, so we've talked about Windows. We've talked a little bit about Mac. We agree that Windows is mostly for gaming. Mac, I think, can be more focused on day-to-day use as well as the media side, specifically probably more music than anything else because Apple definitely stepped it up with the Logic Pro system. Um, It's one of those industry standard softwares for music production. Um, And because music takes up way more data in your brain than you realize it does. 
you know, to memorize beats and what notes are being played and what sequences are being played. Like, our brains are huge beyond recognition and are able to store all of that. Computers, you can really start to see how much data that requires in order to understand that. And so Apple definitely stepped up their game with being able to do that. And because of the stability that Apple has, a lot of software that is involved in music production is actually built more for the Mac operating system than it is the Windows operating system. Yeah. So that being said, go ahead. I don't, I don't think a lot of people who aren't like as familiar with technology and such realize the fact that our most powerful supercomputers still do not come close to the speed of which the human mind processes information. I don't no, think we ever will either. What's that, Philip? <clears throat> I said I don't think we will either. I mean, we can come close, but... Like, you don't think we'll get computers to that level, or you don't think we understand either? I guess a little bit of both. Because, like, I mean, the computer, you can make it do all these, like, tasks all at once that obviously, like, a human being can't do. That's why we're doing it, so that we can, like, grow. Like, hey, if a computer can do five things all at once, while well, the human can only do one thing as well. Um that's one thing but like to i don't know just the complexity that the human brain has i mean that's mm -hmm. one thing that we can't really crack not just for like an ai instance but like just in general like just understanding what the brain actually is what it can do what we don't know it can do <laughs> like all the all the mysteries surrounding the brain like we can't it's one that we can't crack yeah i say i think a good analogy to describe how a brain functions compared to a computer is that say you have a computer with an eight core processor that means it could do eight different tasks at the same time not counting if it has any virtual cores and the brain probably can do millions of things at once because it's controlling the entire bodily functions as well as all the random little thoughts that come into your mind every thought idea you blinking breathing all that stuff is being managed all at one time and we struggle to do that with computers. We can only do so much at one time. We have to line up processes to be done to make them happen, which is why you have lines of code, because it has to go through one line at a time. It just does it really rapidly. Great. No, that makes sense. I like that. Yeah, I would say I will agree. Uh, I know I might be a little biased, but the human brain is definitely a very complicated thing. Um, and, you know, I had to learn a lot about it just with all the situations that i've had with my health relating to my brain and everything um you know because the part of my brain that was affected the most by the condition that i have it uh affects you know my ability to speak clearly um if i'm having you know some sort of issue with it i lose the ability to have clean speech i am on my side i may think that i'm speaking clearly but to the rest of y'all you're like he's speaking gibberish it's like he's had way too many beers um or it <laughs> Or it, from what I've been told, because I don't always recognize this, um, <laughs> it also can come across as like he's not there at all. Um, Having witnessed these, it's almost, think like you're looking at a crazy man who's kind of just like muttering and mumbling, but it's not actual words, it's just noises. Yeah, you know, and that's that's one of the ways I've had it explained to me, because, you know, for me, I, I, I don't see that because, well... I'm the one that's living it, not experiencing yeah. it from a third-party point of view. Um, yeah. But, you know, so, yeah, the brain is very complex. I also know that, you know, the part of the brain that I've had issues with, it's also what controls my ability to comprehend things or understand things around me. Uh, if I'm having brain issues, I can't read clearly. Um, like, it literally, I can, I can read, but I cannot comprehend what I am reading. Um, I can't understand what's being said to me, what someone may ask me a simple straight question like how are you and it may come across to me as you are how or are you how or you know, just completely rearranged all together and so i don't understand it and i think it's funny that just that little tiny part of my brain is what controls all of that mm -hmm. and you think about it, your brain's not small your, your your brain literally has like an entire dedicated cage around it to protect it because not only is it not small but it's highly valuable yeah it's kind of ironic though that 
we define the brain as like one of the most valuable parts of the human body yet it's literally a brain that made that decision it's like well that's kind of a selfish decision <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i, mean, I guess it's like it, giving uh it's like microsoft giving halo a 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to be fair like your brain and nerves are essentially just are just like driving a fleshy bone robot if you think about it in a way yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, because the brain's literally what sends out those communication signals to the yeah. rest of your body for how it's supposed to process, how fast your heart's supposed to beat, how fast your lungs are supposed to fill. I say, and... I say the brain is your central processing unit. This is what makes decisions on everything in your body. Your body has a problem, it shoots up the neurons and goes to your brain to go, hey, brain, we got a problem over here. And the yeah. brain makes the decision as to what happens afterwards. Hey, Glad you... I went intel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like a whole nother conversation we could have it have too. Watch, I got water cooling too. Oh man. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh I had something in my water. mind and then it disappeared. Um <laughs> you, uh, Philip brought up Intel and now I can't remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh uh Something intelligent. Ha ha ha. <laughs> No, so for someone who failed anatomy, which that's me, by the way, totally like biffed anatomy, although ironically I had to become a first responder for all of my law enforcement schooling, so that was an interesting experience. Uh, I've always found the human brain. Travis. He walks over. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see this red fluid extruding from the nostrils, but I'm not really sure what that means. <laughs> How, how is it extruding? Extruding would suggest it's a solid object protruding out of the thing. Have Maybe that... it was dry. I told you I failed anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happens when I try to complicate things. I fail. <laughs> Do but... you need to take another high school anatomy class? Nope. Not going to happen. <laughs> hey, I know enough that if you're not breathing, we're to punch you. And... <laughs> <laughs> But I've always found the brain interesting, not so much from like the physical standpoint, but from the mental side point standpoint, because I love psychology. Um, I, you know, when I was going to school for law enforcement, my focus was being able to do profiling. I loved profiling. I loved studying human behavior and creating profiles of what's the, I guess, likelihood of someone would be in order to commit specific actions. And so I always have had like an obsession with it. And I still love psychology to this day. Part of me wishes that even with all the health stuff that kept me from going into law enforcement, that I had still pursued the um, degree in psychology and gone on for the doctorate like I had planned to. Um, but I didn't. I still find it interesting, though. I still will randomly pull out my psychology textbook from college and read it just because I can. Because uh, I'm weird like that. But <laughs> I know this feel. But, like, that just explains even more how complicated and how interesting the human brain is. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching yeah, Orion be a total goofball here. <laughs> and he, he, he's distracting. <laughs> You're welcome. But no, I, like, I bet just as fascinated with the brain, but the exact opposite from you. Whereas I'm not really focused on the actual, like, mental mental what happens in there but the physically what happens in there how does this little computer operate so beautifully and so perfectly beyond our understanding i mean mine doesn't but i understand what you're saying <laughs> well, yours is like somebody shot a bullet into the processor and it's somehow still running i'm not no, abraham Lincoln. a bad a bad water cooling job <laughs> spraying oh my <laughs> gosh oh, yeah actually yeah. that's that that could actually be a semi-accurate description to what was going on in my head because i was having yeah. a slow bleed in the brain which is what was causing all of the issues because yeah. i was wired backwards so well if you think about it blood technically um uh, carries an electrical current mm -hmm. and all the nerves and everything in the body are an electrical current so theoretically that could have actually been exactly what was happening is the blood was coding part of your brain it was essentially it was mixing all the signals that went in there Oh yeah, a pile of disaster. 
Yeah, and I think that's why it was so important for them to do the um, radiation surgery was to try to stop that bleeding from happening. Because you think about the at the worst point in the conditions that I had when I was having the seizures, I was having a seizure. Obviously, it wasn't the type of seizure at that point where I would drop to the floor and wiggle all over the place. But I was unable to comprehend what was going on around me. I don't even remember those scenarios because in my mind, I was literally blacking out. It's like those don't exist to me. There's no memories there for me or they're very rare at least. Um, and so, yeah, it completely makes sense that things weren't being sent the right way. That Because once after I had that radiation treatment and everything, yes, I still you know have had issues with seizures to this day and chances are I will a good chunk of the rest of my life. Um, but obviously it's manageable now, unlike it was before. Yeah. But when I still have seizures today, you know, it's not quite as bad. They don't last as long. They're not as intense. It doesn't take as long to recover and it's not as confusing. And I don't necessarily forget about them as much as I just still struggle to comprehend what's going on when I have them. Yeah. Um, I'd say you're, you're definitely on the upward spiral for the uh, healing process here. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, honestly, uh, another conversation I had with our mother earlier today, I'm probably going to be having to have MRIs on a regular basis the rest of my life because it's something they want to consistently check up on. They want to make sure things haven't changed, that there isn't a new variable in there with everything. The main reason I still have MRIs frequently is because there is something that the doctor has seen that they're not sure if it's just healing tissues or if it's something else altogether. Um and so they want to keep an eye on it because they want things to not fall apart again because they recognize how important the human brain is. Because even though everyone always thinks the heart is the center of the human body, which, I mean, physically, it's probably closer than the brain. As far as the central point in how the body operates, I definitely think the brain is that point. I say it would be like taking the processor out of a computer. Essentially, it, it yeah. Know, it doesn't know how to function without it. Like, you could have base functions with stuff, maybe, like, you can keep the body breathing, like, it's just operating off of bios, but still, you can't do anything other than the most basic functions, and it's completely beyond the control of the individual, and it has to all be done externally at that point. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, another thing to think about is, when it comes to the brain, um, you know, to this day, they still have not 100% figured this out, and, you know, maybe they never will, but you have people who suffer from autism or Asperger's, you know, something of that nature, it's not that they're broken per se as much as their brain just processes things very differently. It can't always mature the same way that a normal human brain can, um, or it just doesn't have the ability to communicate the same way, not because, again, it's broken or anything, but just because it's different. And let's be honest, society doesn't like different. We like to keep things the same all the way along. We don't like change. Um, which I think is why people tend to look at stuff like autism and Asperger's as a sickness rather than just them different. Um, yeah. Where I tend to have a different viewpoint, partially because we have family that's autistic and Asperger's, but then we also, um, you know, Philip and Betty, you guys have been around Zach and Nate, you know, they are autistic. Um, and so, you know, it's not that they're bad people, it's not that they're broken people, it's that they're just, they're different. They process things yeah. differently. All that being said, the human brain, very complicated. Again, a whole nother topic that we could get into. Speaking of the human brain, this Linux thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, while we're talking about one computer, let's uh, actually talk about our third computer system we wanted to talk about. Right, so we've talked about Windows. We've talked about Macintosh. We have talked about the human brain psychology, how it <laughs> physically works, how it doesn't work. All that sort of stuff. Now we're talking about, actually back to our main topic, our third operating system, Linux, which, if you think about it, Linux itself is its own complicated system because it's actually one category with multiple operating system options inside of it. Because you've got, like... It's pretty interesting. It yeah. is. It is very interesting. And it's but free. That's the, fun of an open source. <laughs> that's the fun of an open source software, is that you have its baseline functionality... But everything afterwards, all these different versions of Linux, it's just somebody decided to pick up the basic source, the base source code for it and go, I think I can do this with it. And so there's literally just been thousands upon thousands of people who have grabbed Linux and gone, 
I think I can do this with it. And so they've developed all these different versions of the operating system, which makes it one of the hardest things to work with because it's hard to find software that necessarily is compatible with every version of Linux. And so you have to have the one that functions with the majority of what you personally work with, or you have to be somebody who is advanced in programming and understands how a computer kernel works because computer kernel is another huge step in just how programming functions It's past the basic logic this is the base functionality of your whole operating system this is what keeps the whole operating system ticking because there's kernels in the base of stuff like windows and mac as well you just don't have access to those those are hidden those are locked away those are private unless you know how to break the operating system you can't get to those easily but Linux leaves those as an open book for everybody who knows how and understands it to edit, modify, add to it, remove from it at their own leisure. Yeah, and right. that makes it very, very, it makes it a very open operating system to somebody who understands it. For sure. Well, I you know that's uh, one of the main, you know, main uses of Linux is because they have that openness to it. They have that flexibility with everything. You have, you know, tech companies will use that as their primary system for running their servers and all of their back end for their software uh, development. You even have government agencies that use Linux as the platform for everything. I guarantee you that while, yeah, you go into a government office, most of them are running Windows or Mac systems, probably mostly Windows because they're cheap. Um, and most office stuff, you know, you can, almost everyone uses Microsoft office when it comes to office related yeah. things. Um, but I guarantee you get into a, an organization like the national security administration or the CIA or, you know, something like that. They have so much uniqueness to what they're doing where it doesn't exist on the third party side of everything that I would be willing to bet that they have a Linux basis to it maybe it's not linux specifically but they have their own open source to them platform for everything it's how they're able to have the freedom to search the web in ways that we don't it's why hackers use it as their platform is because it gives them that open and flexibility hackers don't have to use google which you know limits what they're able to search you can't search the dark web with google no. you just you can't now if you know what you're doing I'd say really the only way to access things on the dark web is if you know the IP you're looking for. Because there is no DNS server for the dark web. You have to know exactly where to find what you're looking for. Oh yeah, and the dark web is an interesting place because there's a lot of stuff you can find. Everyone thinks, oh, you've accessed the dark web, that's illegal. Well, actually accessing the dark web is not illegal. It's what you make use of that is available on the dark web is when things get illegal. Um, so yes... I have personally just, I, explored it, but I have, I have a little bit as well, but like literally just looking at some stuff on the dark web will get you in trouble because it's illegal to look at and view certain things. But otherwise the physical action of going to the dark web is not itself illegal in any way. It's just another part of the internet. It's just lesser known. I have not been to the dark web, but I have did my done my fair share of studying and learning about it. Pretty it's neat. very fascinating. I've it heard is. a lot of like cool, cool things you can like find. Like there's these like, uh, I mean, I don't know what the terms are like websites or like places you can go to. It's like these like puzzle little things. So mm -hmm. like you can group up with like a bunch of random people and uh, you just kind of figure out where you are. <laughs> like yeah, the screen could be dark for a second and then you like click something or like type something in. And then something appears, you're like, oh, okay, what does this do? And you just kind of keep going like that. And then, I don't know, just little things like that. And I've also heard about the other stuff you can find <laughs> and do and see yeah, and yeah. compete in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I say the dark web is, while it could have a positive, uh, I guess, options to it. And With it every does positive, there's like five negatives. Oh, I totally thought you were going to start quoting Uncle Ben there. <laughs> or maybe it wasn't Uncle Ben. I don't remember. <laughs> With every positive, there's a negative action. I think that's a Marvel quote from somewhere. I just don't remember where. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. Anyway. laws of physics? It's possible. You know I failed science in general, not just anatomy, so... 
say i want to say it's for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction that's probably what i was thinking that sounds right yeah see me why like like when you drop a stone in water you get a splash up equal to the distance you drop that rock into the water and like obviously if you drop it from super high up the air current will drop the force of that action so the water won't come up as high but that's also why you get the poop splash when you're on the toilet because there's not a lot of air to slow <laughs> down the drop yeah quick stand up <laughs> stand up before you get shot you would have to like rocket off the toilet in order to avoid it oh my gosh <laughs> anyway dark web it's a poseidon <laughs> poseidon's kiss so linux has a lot of freedom to it and apparently we're giving orion too much freedom on this podcast (laughs) Uh, but i i think the dark web is built primarily off of um more of a linux based background as well i wouldn't be surprised because the thing about the dark web is this, it's not because the thing with the internet itself in general is that the internet is not a location. It is a network between all of these different locations. Say now everybody thinks the internet is Google nowadays because Google like runs everything on the internet. They have control a lot of most of your DNS stuff and everything. But Google services itself is at a location, but that's not the internet. The internet is google's connection to the rest of the world it's like a spider web of connections that spider web itself is the internet and the internet is more or less just like a travel gateway to reach other computer systems and so when you reach a website what you're actually reaching is a web server at this at a location but that location is connected via the internet so it's not necessarily that the internet itself is what you're on but you're traveling the internet to reach different different places they're like bridges between islands Makes sense. Yeah, good old Google, running the world. Yeah. Let's see. So with with the dark with the, I imagine most of the dark websites are probably hosted off of some Linux server in somebody's basement. Oh would yeah. Probably be my best guess because that's one one of the things about Linux is that Linux can both be the most vulnerable and one of the strongest operating systems when it comes to security. But it entirely depends on how much you know it. If you know it to the best of human capabilities, that will be the strongest secure operating system you will ever have. But if you don't know what you're doing with it, there's almost no natural security for that kind of operating system because yeah. it's open source. There's no natural safeguards in there. It's an open book. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, some hackers are easily caught and that's why others aren't is because it depends on what they know, if they know what they're doing. You yeah. Know, um, look, look. Honestly, it wasn't until just a few years ago that organizations like Anonymous were finally mostly shut down, or at least quieted, um, because Anonymous has been around since at least the 70s. Yeah. Um, maybe earlier than that. I mean, it, it. I guess it really depends. But, you know, back in the day, uh, Anonymous did stuff like hacking TV station signals, and, yeah. I mean, they hacked an episode of Doctor Who that was broadcasting once, and did this weird funky like i don't even know how to describe it it was just weird and funky video that replaced it until the station was able to get their control of their system back they've done that with a couple other tv stations too they've done that with websites and web server systems you know they've posted they do that with uh youtube a couple years ago like they they said they were going to release something but then they never did (laughs) yeah they did actually Yep, I say I do. I remember that they they had like a, a YouTube um, profile set up and everything, and then got shut down. Yep, I say I think YouTube shut down their profile, but then I also know that it was probably around that time period that the FBI finally tracked down like the center point of them and uh-huh. ended up arresting several people that were involved. Because <laughs> they were like, we've had enough of this. So go looking back at our topic, we got Mac, we got Windows, we got Linux. And human brain, don't forget the human brain. And the human brain, yes, we have the human <laughs> brain. So your four primary operating systems. Uh, and so now, you know, we've gone over the positives and the negatives. Uh, obviously, we haven't hit it 100%, but you know what? We get a general idea that each one serves a good purpose. Each one doesn't serve a good purpose. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, it really depends on what you're doing. And if you're someone like me who works in multiple areas, you use multiple operating systems. Um, I, you know, I have my Windows computer here, but then I also have my MacBook sitting right next to me, which was my primary computer for a while. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of varies depending on what you're looking for. Another thing I just want to touch on before we call it an end for the podcast is looking at the uh, overall pricing and what we feel, uh, how we feel about the pricing for everything. Because you look at Windows computers, your pricing varies depending on a lot of areas. Are you buying a pre-built system? (laughs) Yeah, it can be really expensive. It's like, do you build a buy a pre-built system? Do you make your own? What version of the operating system are you buying? And then you look at Macs that are just expensive in general. Like, I don't think there's a Mac under $800. Um, Maybe not unless you get something like a MacBook Air that's really only good for... Or just like, use. a browser. Yeah. yeah or one. used or refurbished or something. But Macs are, themselves are expensive. Now, with when it comes to a Mac... I think you're paying more for the brands than you are for the hardware and software um, because Apple defines themselves as a good brand and they are, they are a quality brand. They have quality products. They have quality services. Um, but I think you're paying more for the brand than you are for the, uh, the hardware and software itself. I think honestly, if you took away brand identity, you could probably price both Windows and Mac around the same range altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Linux, where literally you're paying for the hardware and everything else is free. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously you need to have some sort of network connection in order to uh, install your Linux and everything, but... Well, yeah, unless you already have it, Unless you already have it laying around on a drive, but you still have to get it somehow. Well, so you know... Back in my day, you could go to the library and use their computer to download it. <laughs> That's literally what I was just about to say. Literally, as long as you had a flash drive, you could go get it off of a library computer. That used to be my primary gaming computer because the computer at home wouldn't be able to do anything. So I went to the library to go on places like Miniclip. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. I remember those things. Uh, back in the day, man, when we were put Back the... in my day. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so I think uh, I know your guys' opinion on as far as the pricing for everything. Expensive. (laughs) Just everything is so expensive, and they expect me to pay for this when Windows 11 or whatever, if they're going to skip another two generations. (laughs) Uh. If they go to Windows 11, they just go to the next one. Right (laughs) right now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but no, I think honestly, I'll let you go because you're smarter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I'll I go mean, next, but I mean, thanks for the compliment, but I, I think you're just smart. <laughs> but um, like, if you're going for more of a budget system, if you don't have the money to really spend on things, your best odd is odds are probably going for something like a Windows system because. You can get that lower end system whereas Mac only sells its highest end systems unless you yeah. want to find like a refurbished one or anything. Yeah. But for Windows, you can buy like the lower quality. You can buy a four uh, quad core processor instead of an octa core processor. It's not going to be able to do the best things, but you might be paying six hundred dollars for your computer instead of thirteen hundred. So, it, it, so I think budget wise, I think Windows is a better option for many people. But if you want to have if you're not a really high-tech computer guy and you wanted to just work all the time, you probably would have better odds going for something like a Mac. Yeah. Just because Mac is it's set in stone with what it's functioning with, so it's less likely to have any errors come along. And Linux, Linux is just for those who really want to mess around with stuff. If if you're not interested in like really getting into like programming and such, there's really not too much of a use for Linux other than like troubleshooting stuff. Unfortunately. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Go ahead, Phil. Okay. For uh for me, like when it comes to like pricing, like it all goes down to what you want to use a computer for. Like if you're going to go for gaming, like it's nice to have that like extra pricey gaming computer to play all the latest games on the highest quality, but that's obviously not needed. Like you don't need mm-hmm. a beefy computer to play nice games. Like I have a five year old computer and I still 
use that to play <laughs> games. <laughs> I can't play them in like ultra mode, but it's still nice. And yeah. like, for Windows, like it is, it is a nice price. Like I, my five-year-old computer, I built that using nine hundred dollars. Like that's that's all I used, and I add like eighty bucks for hard drives that I recently purchased. But that's pretty much all I spent on on that computer, and it's lasted me five years. So I think, I mean, that's pretty much a, a good a good chunk of money to invest in for years of nice quality but yeah like when you look at when you look at what you're going to use use the computer for stick with like i don't know like if you're going to go for gaming but you don't have a lot of money like i mean windows all the way like throw 400 500 into a little computer game away but like if you want to game but you know that's probably not going to be the best i mean even though apple isn't the best for gaming it's the best for everything else <laughs> and a little bit of gaming like i know i think i think all the mass effect games are apple compatible now i think i believe so sure. yeah i'd say so, that, like, that's I mean, one that's... thing go ahead say that <laughs> say say a lot of games especially on steam there's been a lot more that's becoming more and more compatible for Mac, so Mac's starting to become more of an option for gaming stuff. Yeah. So, like, there are, there are like, really good games. Like, I mean, Mass Effect games, for instance, it's one of the best games I've ever played and one of my most replayable games that I have currently. So, like, if you want to get into a little bit of gaming, but you're going to be doing a lot more other stuff, like programming or, like, music stuff, I mean, just get a Mac, I mean. <laughs> but, yeah, if gaming is going to be, like, like you're going to be a streamer, don't don't get a Mac. Please don't get a Mac. Absolutely. Please, please don't start out with a Mac. Like, please, <laughs> please. I beg of you, don't. And build your, build your gaming computer. Unless you yes. know absolutely nothing about it, get a friend that knows how to do it just yeah it's always the best experience so, so that's actually another thing with windows right there is that if you build the computer yourself if you buy the parts individually and put it together yourself it's also going to be cheaper than if you just buy a whole computer in a box that's ready to go right away but at the same time then you have to have put the time into having that knowledge to build a computer itself as well so, and a lot of that resources, especially nowadays, it's more it's more like a puzzle game. You can find a lot of resources online for free on how to build a computer. So it's definitely feasible to do without really having to put any expenses into like classes or anything. But you, it's just you have to it's whether or not you want to pay a physical currency or a mental currency, really, and whether or not you just want to put the time to learning that kind of thing, or if you just want to pull it out of the box, plug it in, and be good to go. And it's not extremely hard to build a computer. No, like, I mean, really, the only like hard thing to know and do right is one putting in your CPU. That's probably like the hardest basic thing to do, and one of the non-basic things is water cooling. Yeah, you can either do it really good or one mistake, and it's mm. you ruin everything. Instead, instead of computer, you have a fish tank. No, no, thank you. I say like I don't have water cooling on my computer. I think I just have like seven or eight fans, and yeah. it's pretty cool. So, and it doesn't actually sound like a jet engine too, which I'm okay with. I actually have some extra fans, some junk fans I got from work. So I like put like three or two on top, and then I got like oh two on the side, <laughs> and then the one that was in the computer already in the front, and then one in the back. So instead of overheating over your place. computer, you're gonna freeze your computer. <laughs> Oh no, I can't freeze my computer. <laughs> I don't think that's possible with what I have. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think that is definitely a good discussion on uh the operating systems cuz like I said, we are really our goal was not to say which one is the best, but more just kind of point out the positive and negatives. I think we did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. Basically just what what with what we know. I mean, I know nothing about Apple or Linux or any of that. I mean, heck, I don't really know about what I use, which is <laughs> Microsoft, but yeah, I think we did all right. Oh, yeah. I say it just all depends what you're looking for, the variables that are involved in what you're looking for, and being able to put the puzzle pieces together. Cool. Well, I think we're going to call it for that because, uh, 
yeah, it was a good conversation. We even got into the human brain a little bit, that unexpected operating system. Uh, maybe we'll have to do a like a sequel or maybe just start it. This was a prequel. We'll do a <laughs> we'll do an actual part one. <laughs> I say this is all about well, its primary focus was Windows, Mac, Linux. Next time, that's when we focus on the human brain. We dive in deep into the uh, brain system. Orion, I think you're going to host that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, let, let, let me find all my like anatomy homework from college. I mean, really, we've already covered there's two types. There's the people that want to know like, like how it functions, how it works, how like the body like moves around like how all the all the little that the and do. then there's like people like me and travis is like the i don't know what what word did you use the psychology of it the yeah the how psychology. we think and process everything yeah, yeah. Like all, all the thoughts not necessarily like the functions but like the person up here mm-hmm. rather than the the machine that we are yeah the thoughts behaviors and emotions behind everything not the mechanics, but the actual software. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, thanks for joining. And I enjoy having y'all be a part of it. Hmm. Hmm. Hey. It's like, oh, Ben just got here. <laughs> <laughs>